The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, Season 18, Episode number 66. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Got Nick here with me. We got Patrick Walker sitting in for uh, Amber Garcia and Brian Broaddus. They both should be back tomorrow, but Patrick can fill in nicely, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll he'll be able to give us some good insight today. Uh, we got lots of different things we're going to talk about today. We're we're going to get into some fan questions, as I promised yesterday. We got a lot of those uh, that folks have sent me, so we'll move around a lot of different topics, give you guys a chance to sound off. And if we have some time, Nick brought up a game that really wasn't a game that he thought maybe we should do yesterday that we didn't get to yesterday, but maybe we'll do today. So in the third segment, if we have some time, okay. we might do a little bit of that. You made it sound like you already did the game. You no. already had the game. I, like, I already had it written down because I saw the, the article. It was the article you guys did on best and worst yeah. of the first half. And I saw the article, and I thought it was a good article. I saw your 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 thoughts in there, and I thought it would ah, be something good to take Did it seem long, like a long article? No, not really. It didn't. Why? Did a little trimming, you know. Mickey, oh. Mickey gets a little, <laughs> going a little bit, a little wordy. He thinks it's mixed shots. He's got the whole whole yeah. page himself. Yeah, yeah. trimmed down. A little no, bit. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It was some good insight, and I will get to some of those things, and maybe have you guys answer some of that on the air, and uh, get your thoughts. Let's start first, though. Uh, last week obviously was a bye week for the Cowboys last weekend, and I'll tell you this: last Sunday, I did not expect. I expected I was going to watch football all day. I did not expect I was going to watch it in the way I did. I have notoriously avoided watching Red Zone Channel because <laughs> I'm the kind of person I want to sit down from the beginning of a game all right. the way through to the end because I want to be able to understand the story of the game as the game develops. But I saw a message, Red Zone was available. I was like, I'm just going to give this a try. <sighs> I'm totally addicted. Mm-hmm. Man, I was, I was losing it my mind because it shows you every moment from every game. And I, I, my wife was like, are you okay up there? Like, I'm, like, freaking out and going yeah. crazy because I'm seeing all these plays happening and all these. It, it was the best Sunday I've spent watching football maybe in my life. I, I really enjoyed Red Zone. I really enjoyed Red Zone. But I wanted to ask you guys, what were, what were the takeaways for you guys from last weekend? There were a lot of good games, a lot of interesting moments. What was the takeaway? Hmm. I'm trying to think because I gave up football on Saturday. But I did get it. <laughs> yeah, but I did get it. I didn't back. know what happened with your team. Sorry, I'm got, not trying to bring up old. I stuff, got but. back on Sunday, and uh, what do we? I'm trying to think what game. What game did we get on TV? Oh, I got uh, Jets and and uh, that was a good one. Jets and Bills, and then oh, Washington and the Vikings. Yeah, man, the Vikings just try to lose, but they just nobody will let them. They're nobody's gonna let them lose. That's like you got much respect for the Vikings. Who's their quarterback? No, I mean, is that no. where we're going? The seven and one. I, okay, the seven and one. The, the Giants are six and two. I don't. I, I, you just don't respect it. They're they're good. They're a good team. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's good, but I don't think he's great, and I don't think that team's great. But you don't have to have a great quarterback to be good in the NFL and go far in the NFL. No. I don't think. No. 
I mean, they get it done. Yeah, I mean, and my my biggest takeaways, plural, are both from the NFC North. One being the Vikings, <laughs> uh, and and I'm huge on hashtag keep that energy. So yeah. for those that are questioning, you know, the Cowboys at six and two. And then that same breath, they say, well, look at the Vikings. And well, the Vikings aren't world beaters. They just barely escaped FedEx Field with the field goal, and it took a late-game penalty and then an uh, interception from Heineke to do it. But don't apologize for wins. I'm not saying they should apologize for wins. I'm just saying that's a takeaway. Like, the Vikings are trying to find ways to lose I, before they figure out ways to win. I, I think they were excited about the win. A, it, a little bit. A little bit. That's what it looked like. And they should be. Yeah. I mean – What's the quote? You are what your record says you are. Yeah. They're seven and one. You Indeed. remember that time that Aikman took his shirt off in the charter and went, no, I was <laughs> and, and then the other Good for them, though. Right? I mean, that. They yeah. should be enjoying themselves. No, they, they Wins are hard they in the NFL. They man. are. Ask Aaron Rodgers, which goes to, right, yeah. which goes to my other takeaway from Sunday in that uh, the Packers are trapped in a tailspin. And you look at who they lost for the season, Rashawn Gary and maybe Eric Stokes and Bakhtiari still dealing with a knee issue at left tackle. And Aaron Jones uh, left the stadium in a boot. We don't know what the status is, but that's so that's I, the big one. I read opinion. that story and it just kept going and going. And then then and then this guy and then this guy and it's like, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, they, it's it's rough on them, right? Yeah. Now. So you got the Vikings finding ways to win after they try to lose games, and then you got the Packers who can't figure out a way to even be in control of a game at any point in the game. It's it's wild. NFC North is wild. But yeah. kudos to the Detroit Lions. I'm, I've said it time and again, that's a scrappy bunch. You cannot overlook those guys. That's that's a trap game of the highest order. If there's a such thing as a trap game, the Detroit Lions is it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. I can't, I can't say that I've watched every play of every game of the Packers this season. I did watch a lot of that game this last weekend. And Rodgers, Rodgers it, it's interesting to me because I, I assumed watching from an outside perspective, catching highlights and that kind of stuff, I assumed that a lot of their problems – were related to other things, not necessarily Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. But as I watched that game this last weekend, I started to kind of change that opinion a little bit. That interception he threw, now first of all, he threw three interceptions. Two of them were in the red zone. One was just outside the red zone. The one he threw where he was trying to hit Bakhtiari in the end zone, I don't even know where he, what, what he was. Well, sorry. Did well, that yeah, happen? It, yeah, yeah. There was, okay. you know, you got an offensive lineman that was declared, declared eligible, eligible, and he gets in the end zone, and he's wide open. He's out there by himself. Rogers off his back foot, kind of throws it up, and a defense. It was was a who was the, who was the defensive lineman? Uh, the high pick. He was the first or second. He was first round pick this last year. That one, Hutchinson. 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 Aiden. So he comes out from the defensive line and just <laughs> pops out. Interception, like it was, it was a great play by the defender, but it was also just a, I think, a poor throw by Rodgers to a wide open offensive lineman in the end zone. And to me, I was like, if that doesn't just sum up kind of what they're feeling yeah. right now, it's just like they can't get anything, or even things that are presented to them on a platter. Like here is your opportunity mm-hmm. for a touchdown. Something goes wrong, and I think a lot of it is 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 the connection between Rodgers and his receivers. We'll talk more about that as we go into this week. But I don't know that I don't know that they got that kind of connection. He doesn't have a go-to guy like he's used to having, and I just don't think they got it right now. Clearly, if that's their go, if that's their play on, on the ground, <laughs> that's the their go-to line. guy. Yeah, yeah. We don't need Adams. We don't need all these other guys. Let them go. You know. But but you know one one reason that a lot of people believe that it was it was not as far as the tailspin was not necessarily on Aaron Rodgers was because that's what Aaron Rodgers led everybody to believe. He's throwing everybody under the bus, and then in mm-hmm. the same breath. 
when asked about his own performance, he says, oh, well, that was my highest-graded game this season by the coaching staff. Eh, okay, well, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you're okay. Aaron. That's Aaron. also relative, too, right? right. When he says Correct. best of the season, Correct. Well, you're averaging the C. Right, but then you see, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you see him throwing yeah. lollipops C plus ain't great. on Sunday yeah. against the Detroit Lions, and then it really starts to hit home that, okay, Aaron, you have to own this. Yeah. And this That was the first time in his postgame pressure that you really kind of saw it sinking in, like, wait a minute, I might be the problem. So I'm sure there was some chair throwing up there in Green Bay after that game, but – Aaron has to own it. He has to own it. You're right, you you don't have a number one guy or even a number two guy or even yeah. a number three guy. But rumor has it that great quarterbacks make everybody else better. Where is that in Green Bay Honestly, this year? Honestly, there's only one of those in the NFL, in my opinion. And, and by the way, Mahomes. in most years, you're only going to get one, maybe you're two. Say Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes right now is working with a, a cast of receivers that you would say are um, – are not I don't think he has a single receiver that you would consider to be a true number one. They went out and got Juju Smith Schuster this offseason. The reason why Pittsburgh let him go is because he wasn't he hadn't ascended right. to that for them. Now he's a good receiver, don't get me wrong. And they have a cast of, I think, good receivers, no great receiver. But even in this game, there were moments when Pat just took over the game. Like he yeah. just took over the game. That's the only quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, this season who is able to do more with less. Everybody else, you better surround them with good talent or you're not going to get the same return. Agreed. Holmes is a one of one. None before him, none to come. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and, and he even got, you look at um, the descent of Kadarius Tony in New York. First game with Patrick Mahomes, he's out there making plays. Mm-hmm. What? What? Right. Yeah. Right. So. Well, we know we know Tony has talent. Yeah. We saw we've seen it at, in spurts in New York. Issues that just couldn't. But but to your point, get it, the didn't, part it didn't right. take them any time at all to yeah. get enough chemistry to go into a game on Sunday and first quarter, second quarter already making plays together. So, yeah. Mahomes is different. Different. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I got a line of questions for these guys that we got from you guys, the listeners. We'll go through some of those questions, get their answers. We'll be right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Hey, Derek, knock out all your holiday shopping during back-to-back days of Market at the Star. That's not true. Yeah, that's definitely not true. Derek's not going to be there. All right. Market at the Star, presented by Flea Style on November 17th. Make sure to drop from 30-plus festive vendors at Night Market at the Star from 4 to 9 and come back the next day. Saturday, November 18th from 10 to 2. Explore goods from 50 local vendors. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information that is too early for this music. No, it's not. You don't think? No, get everything you can get out of Christmas. Like, enjoy the holiday season. I'm getting my lights put up this week. No, no, I'm putting no, where, no. I've already talked to the people that's coming out to put them up. You don't they put will them be up? up to, I'm kidding. You like climb I, on a roof? Like, like really? <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> be up there like Chevy. Yeah, nah, bro. Christmas vacation. I have somebody to come and do that, and uh, and I take care of all the rest that's on the ground. I'm not going on the roof. Is it? Is it? Is it like a top? neighborhood of the neighborhood is it where does it rank no, no we just Not we just want to be able to make sure our kids aren't embarrassed like our house is the only one that doesn't have anything we're not trying to be the no. best we're just trying halloween? to make sure we don't get embarrassed huh halloween i don't do that nothing yeah okay we have we're, some candy yeah. we're huge on halloween and for me i you thought you said you don't like you, you you turn the lights off you turn i do but the wife wants to turn them on so she mm-hmm. and the kids turn them on and i go in another room and do what i'm gonna do you know you got to get past Thanksgiving at my house to get to Christmas. There's, it's all one. No, it's not. No, it's, not. It, it's all one. It's not. Look, the Christmas music and the Christmas lights will all be on on Thanksgiving dinner that's for a, Thanksgiving that's dinner. That's a choice. That's a, yeah, it is. That's, but I'm saying, like, I'm getting everything out of Christmas I can get out of Christmas. So November comes, it's Christmas time. Let's go. All right. Okay. Welcome back. First. Second segment of the break live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Light, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment's also brought to you by. Blockchain.com. All right, so let's get into some fan questions. We got a question first from Jose and Jose Rodriguez. He says, "Should Tony Pollard, he called him Tony Hollard, uh, get more touches or distribute evenly with Zeke?" That's been a big topic of discussion last week. What do you guys fall? I say 10, 10, and we'll see what happens. Oh, that's interesting. So both, whoever's got the hot hand, you keep rolling with them. Yeah, I mean, if, if if Pollard's playing a game like that and, and he's breaking off a couple of big runs and still feeling good, I mean, I'm fine with it. But, uh, you know, I, I think they both both are going to get in there and, and you have to interchange them a little bit because you don't want to give the, the uh, defense a, a tell on what they're doing. And so they both have to block. They're both going to have to run outside. They're both to run inside. They're both to catch screens. I, you know, I do both. I mean, I, it's like a basketball game. I'm, if a guy comes off the bench and hits five threes, I mean, I think he, I think he stays play. in the game. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I would handle it. I mean, I think they're both pretty interchangeable. I think it's easy for um, fans to 
demand percentages and say we want to see Tony 60-40. We want to see a perfect 50-50 split. In real life, you guys know that's not how it happens. Uh, and you, there are instances over the course of this season where we've already seen Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy being willing to ride the hot hand because there are games where Tony Pollard outtouches Zeke because he's performing better against yep. that respective defense. And then there are games where Pollard is being deleted completely, but Zeke is having a great game, so Zeke will outtouch it. That's the formula. Keep it going. That's the adaptation that everybody wants to see. I love it. Just keep it going that way. Do not go into any particular game feeling I, I have to hit a perfect 50-50 split. You're going to lose that game because one of those players is not having a good game, but you're forcing those mm -hmm. touches. You're, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball there. And I think the other thing people have to re realize is that the, these are not characters on a on a Madden game. These right. are people, Louder which for the means people in the bay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so the interesting thing there is you got your running backs coach, uh, Skip Pete, who has to as the game's also going on. He's got a feel for okay, how tired is this guy? When does he need a, a moment to be out of the game? When does he need to regroup? Is he feeling some injury? Like there are other things that are factors as well that it's his job to figure out who needs to be at the in the game at any given moment in time. So you might go in the game thinking we want to go 50-50, but circumstances dictate that you have to change yeah. that up. You get into a game where you have a shootout, you might think of it like either, hey, we need Pollard on the field more because we're going to be passing more and we kind of want him out in pass routes, or – Hey, we're going to be passing more. We kind of want Zeke in to block. There are other factors that are involved in the game that will dictate how many snaps, how many touches each of them get. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. Like, at the end of the day, you kind of want to go in thinking they're equal backs, but every game will have a different story. And obviously it's hard to ever know what – it's impossible to ever know what someone's feeling inside. But for what for what I can gauge and you can gauge – I mean, we're all kind of sense this and we're around other people that are close to it. I think the two people that don't have a problem about this are Zeke and Pollard. Mm -hmm. they, I don't think they do. Now, Zero. there's there's got to be some competitive vibes in there that they want to get back, they want to do it, you want to be the man and all that kind of stuff. But I really believe that Zeke is cheering for Pollard. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fake. I think it's real. I think he really is cheering for him. I think Pollard cheers for him. And I, I think that they need each other, and they know that. And, and I agree, and I, I think they cheer for each other because much like what Skip said um, regarding the running back room, these two guys understand that one benefits the other as far as longevity is concerned, as far as durability is concerned. If you task Tony Pollard with being the bell cow, you knock on wood, you'll probably see him deal with more injury situations. Or if you task Zeke with doing it, you're going to probably shorten the shelf life of Ezekiel Elliott. So why not have these two guys working together in tandem? And Zeke and Tony, they get it. That's why one cheers on the other, and there is a competitive part to it, but it's it's a friendly competition. It's saying anything you can do, I can do better kind of thing. But those guys, they're brothers to each other. And, you know, so for all of the, uh, the pomp and circumstance around, you know, trying to divide those two, oh, it should be Zeke versus Pollard, Pollard versus Zeke, those two guys, they're in it all in for each other, and you love to see it. All right, let's move on to the next question. This one's from Chris Fifia. He says, what's going on with Jabril Cox? What are we hearing? What are we seeing? What are we thinking? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't think he's. I mean, people are inactive. I mean, he's he's not one of the he's not one of the the core players. I, I don't think he's as good as a linebacker as uh, Demon Clark, you know. And I don't think he's as good a special teams player as Luke Gifford. So 
they're in a numbers crunch there, and I, and, and he that's where he is. I, I don't think there's like a setback to the knee or anything like that. I just think it's taking him some time to to develop. Are are you are you surprised by that, or is this kind of just who he is when where he was drafted? That's what you would expect. Or I, I know there was, and the reason why I say that, and I think the reason why fans are asking these kinds of questions is because there was a lot of talk about Jabril Cox coming off last year yeah. and people were excited that he might get in. They thought he might bring a little athleticism to the linebacker position, a little speed, and it just quite hasn't quite happened. The reason is Anthony Barr before last yeah, before the game against the Bears. It was Anthony Barr. Um Jabril Cox was expected to take a lot of snaps in 2022, but then the Cowboys go and get a four-time Pro Bowler. You didn't go and get a four-time Pro Bowler to sit him on the bench uh, so that you can continue developing Jabril Cox. So to Nick's point, Jabril is a victim of the numbers game because special teams has to have their numbers also. Um, But I think that if the Cowboys' defense was stellar against the run but poor against the pass, you'd see Jabril Cox in over Damone Clark because Damone is better at stopping the run. That's the tale of their two tapes at LSU. So because the Cowboys need to figure out how to stop the run and Jabril Cox is more of a coverage linebacker, they're going to look at Damone and say, hey, we've been waiting for you. you know. And now they didn't anticipate throwing him in how they had to with the injury to bar. But when he was in there, he acquitted himself pretty well. So for those that are asking, well, why did Damone instantly get a chance when Jabril was inactive? Well, this is why. You're trying to stop the run, and you were going against a Bears run defense that's first in the league. That's why. So, again, Jabril, victim of, of numbers, and then from there. You know, I think there's another part of this as well. Is, is It's also how they play defense. You know, this is a, a very safety-heavy team with curse that comes down into the box. They like to use Donovan Wilson as well. Obviously, they have Malik Cooker. So, Jabril Cox played, I, I believe he played safety early in his college career. And then he, he moved to a linebacker, and he was at North Dakota State and then LSU and all that. But, but I mean, he... If if he was to go one way or the other, it'd be safety, you know, as opposed to Demone Clark, who would be a defensive end. So that's just kind of, and I think Curse play. It's it's Bar is a good point, but also I think Curse and and Donovan Wilson, you know, Donovan Wilson has has changed a lot over the last uh, of of what they're doing over the last few months because I mean I, I think he was supposed to be a just a nice player to be in the rotation. And they can't get him off the field. I think he's leading the team in tackles, yeah. or, or right behind uh, uh, Vanderesh. He's one of your key run stoppers at safety, yeah, and playmakers too. Yeah, it's just it's a good ass defense. <laughs> I mean, it's what it <laughs> to is. To break in is just not it's, easy to it's do. It's hard, yeah. you know. And I, and I th- you're right about Demone Clark. If Anthony Barr doesn't get hurt, I'm not sure. He's special teams only. I'm not sure when and and how they they fit Clark in, and they're gonna have to figure that out because I don't know. Uh, is Barr? We had talked about Barr a lot. Well, no, we haven't. Mike, Mike said um, immediately following the Bears game that there weren't weren't any concerns that his injury was long term. So obviously, we'll see effective tomorrow and Thursday and Friday how that goes. But I, I'm of the mindset, even if Barr is rested and well and he's ready to go against Green Bay, now you've seen Demone. You can't cut that down to zero defensively. So the plan might have been special teams almost exclusively. Let's ramp him up on defense over the next two to three weeks. Okay, well, now he's already been on defense. You see it. You want to ramp it up. I think, you know, 10 to 15 snaps on defense for Damone by the time the Cowboys get to Minnesota, 
that would be the formula. But you're, you're not going to. I got to get I got to get Barr on the field in Minnesota. Why? Because I got to get Barr on the field. Well, but let me ask you this because I think I hear maybe not over Jamon Clark. But I got to get yeah. Anthony Barr. If he's got anything dog left in him, it's going to come out on that field I get in Minnesota. That. I get yeah. that. My question would be, and I know you guys are talking a lot about Anthony Barr, but it, at least what I've what I've seen, what I've heard, I think there are a lot of people that say Anthony Barr hasn't quite been as good as you wanted him to be. That being said, why wouldn't you consider it a situation where Damone Clark, who you have a lot of – uh, a lot of you think he has a lot of potential. Why you wouldn't be getting him on the field more to to give him those opportunities, especially when the person he's taken off is a guy that maybe hasn't lived up quite to what you were expecting. Not, I don't need to take Damone Clark off the field. You're right. I want to keep him going. I, I love what you've got out of him, and this is to me kind of a bonus year for him because if he if he's healthy and going into next year and he's got ten games under his belt, gravy. Um, I don't have to play Dante Fowler on the outside. I mean, I kind of want to play him. Okay, I do too. But I think Barr. I mean, the, I think Barr's playing out of position. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I they're think not going to move him at this point. I think, right? Well, I think Barr's a pass rusher. Right. I think I, I agree with he's you. He's a pass rusher. But I don't think they're going to make that change now. I just think that you can figure out a way for him now. Does that mean take snaps from Sam Williams? Are you taking snaps from from Fowler? I mean, got to figure it out some somehow. I keep shaking you off like yeah, you're the I'm, pitcher, and I'm like, nope, nope. Nope, yeah, nope. I'm not taking snaps back. from nope. Sam Williams. I'm trying to figure out how to get Sam on the field more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so help me out, Nick. But I think Bar. I think if Barr was playing the role of Sam Williams or Fowler, I think he would play it better. That's true. I I agree with you. I don't think the coaches necessarily because they haven't done it. Yeah. Right. I, and they also might be looking at like we don't need him there. We got plenty of production in those yeah. positions. Like this. We just got they, they have too many pass rushers. If there's a thing such as a thing as having too many pass rushers, Brada says this all the time, and he's so right about it. When a GM knows that he's going to be the GM for years to come, you can look at things differently, and you can say, "Got to get Damone Clark some snaps. Got to get Sam Williams on the field." <laughs> yeah. But when you're a head coach that knows if you don't go to the NFC Championship game, you could be let go. You're you're gonna play if Barr is a little bit better than this guy. You got to play him. You got to use him. It's a different mindset in the same room over there. Will McClay and McCarthy could sit and talk on the field right before the game about what they think, and they have a complete different mindset. And that's just that's just the way life is, yeah. you know. So, like I hear what y'all are saying, and, and and we think we're gonna be here too. I want to see Sam. I want to see Demone. True, but if Anthony Barr is a better player on this Sunday. The coaches have to do that for them. And I guess that's still my question. Is he still the best player at the position he's currently playing? Because I, I don't know that I probably I think, not. I think if, he's been that position. I think he's been kind of up and down. I think there have been some good moments. There have been some moments that's like head scratchers. Yeah. And and I think you would probably have the same thing with Damone Clark. You might even get a little bit more of the of the big play opportunity with him because of his athleticism. That's and so sweet. to me, I, I don't think it's like Barr is better right now. Uh, and I, to your point, you go back and you look at the Los Angeles Rams game and Barr was all over the field. Mm-hmm. Easily his best game of the mm-hmm. season for me. But then you go back and you look at the Lions or the Bears before he left with injury. Not the best thing that he left on film. So I do think he's out of position. It was interesting because in training camp when he was signed, McCarthy made it a point to, to you know aim at the fact that he has the ability to rush the passer and put his hand in the grass. Mm-hmm. Well, you've not necessarily seen that thus far. So to your point, he is playing out of position. But I think you have so many guys performing that you hoped would, but 
didn't necessarily know that it would happen. Sam Williams is performing. Dante Fowler, aside from the you know the random neutral zone infractions, from a production standpoint, he's thriving again under Dan Quinn. You have just like a log jam at the edge. So then you can't look at Anthony Barr and say, hey, we need you at the edge because technically we don't, but we want you on the field, four-time Pro Bowler. And two up to, you know, before last week's game, you didn't have Damone. So it's it was your show, Barr. Okay, well, Barr leaves with injury. Now you see Damone and his upside and his speed in tracking down Justin Fields, and you're like, mm, we can't, we can't, mm-hmm. you know, put that cat back in the bag. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, just, just that play didn't even count. But just go back and watch that if you could. Go watch go watch the Moan Clark run down J- Justin Fields mm, on the sideline. I mean, Miami didn't have anyone that could do it in, in their in their game. That guy, man, I'm telling you, he is. And you put Simone him Clark, but yeah. I'm talking about Fields is going to be a problem. Oh yeah, well he no, already just, is a problem. By the way, if you haven't realized it yet, he he has already developed into a problem. Now they get some things around him. That's when it's going to get yeah. real dangerous, yeah. and the rest of the NFL yeah. is going to be looking like, man, <laughs> what are we going to do with this team? We got two Jalen Hurts. It's going to be. It's gonna oh, be he's like, way better than that. I think. You think Justin? Is? Oh, I think he's. One, I, I think once he. I really do. Because he's he, more dangerous with his feet than I think Jalen is. I don't know, but I, I, know, think, I think they're so, doppelgangers man. of each other on the ground. I, look, here's the deal: the, the, when, air, the air attack is what would separate. If Justin's arm from Ohio State ever makes it to Chicago. Then he well, but, might be. But better. think about how they run the ball. The difference is, like Jalen will run you over. Jalen will pick up the yards that that you don't like. If it's if it's you know if he takes off around the outside and it's between it's one guy between him and the sticks, he's gonna get yeah, the first down. Power but the and by the way, what you can't remember, what you don't can't forget is Phils is six foot three. See, Phils ain't a little dude. Right. He can bowl you over too. The difference is. He's so fast. Yeah. Man, did you watch him last week? That 61-yard run, he basically just outran the defense. Mm-hmm. Like, he just outran them. When you got a quarterback like that, now you're talking about somebody that's more of that Michael Vick type. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, those kind of quarterbacks. And then, in addition, he's a big guy. And then, in addition, if that arm shows up from right. Ohio State. Like, you start thinking about it from that standpoint. If he develops the way that you would expect him to, Maybe he has the skill set that no quarterback really has had in this league to date. Since if if that arm comes over to Chicago from Ohio State, if I guess it got lost in baggage claim, whatever. But if it finds its way to Chicago, <laughs> well, they don't you, play Purdue, right. you know, or that's they true. don't play. Good Iowa, point. You know, yeah, you don't have those. You don't have those gaping. Saying, if if yeah. it ever happens, yeah. then sorry, that's a twofer that sorry, puts him Purdue in Purdue or Iowa. I don't. That puts him you in don't have anything against Mike Vick air. I used yeah. to say that all the time when I when I was on here and saying. Guys, I hear what you're saying about these corners, but I mean, why? And I, I, I can go back and watch the tape, so it's not just me patting myself on the back. I was saying it. Why not Micah Parsons? Because every time I watch him, nobody can block him. And I understand Minnesota's not on the schedule. Well, it is Gophers, you know, yeah. those the, you know, Rutgers, but they can't block this guy. And that was just from the inside rush. They hadn't yeah. had him on the outside. I bet you if he would have opted to play that season, they probably would have dabbled into that. And But um, but and so so sometimes it doesn't translate over. I, I, I get it. But, I mean, Fields, is he just got his awareness. I mean, it's not just jumping over Mike Parsons. I don't, I don't understand that play. But to me, it was more of the, you know, tank can hurt you if you don't see him coming over here you should maybe feel that and see it and i don't know whose fault but in all was. fairness there were two other plays where tank was coming was say, he and he and, and tank basically tackled air 
So yeah. no, I, mean, I get it, but yeah, but in that play right there, I mean, yeah. he's unblocked him. You got to know that. You got to see yeah. it. But uh, he definitely felt it. Um, but he got up. He's he tough. He's a big dude. Yeah. Like he's not a little guy. No, I think I think the Cowboys if. They won't face him again for a while. When they do, he'll be a much better quarterback. It's kind of like the first time they faced Russell Wilson. I mean, that was like, you know, he wasn't very good. Tom Brady. I'm gonna go back that far. Tom never lost to him, so I don't. I don't know. I mean, he still. But you remember that game? Wasn't it like? Wasn't the final score like eleven? Eleven? No, there's no eleven. Was that? Was there? Was there a game that they played up in? in, Yes. Two thousand three. What was the score? Come on, Nick. Twelve to nothing. Got you. Thank you. It was a, sh- a low-scoring game, and I don't think he completed very. Like it wasn't like a game where it was a Tom Brady it game. It was yeah. very much a defense. That two thousand. That two thousand three team was the worst good team I've ever seen. They were ten mm-hmm. and six. Mm-hmm. Parcells his first year, they were terrible. Yeah, they they, they made ten was that and six. Quincy? Quincy started. Yeah. They got shut out twice that year. Did they in the playoffs? Did they play Philly? That Ca- year? Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I remember you and I looked at each other. That's the first time we really talked about those white towels. Oh, and we were like, they went in this game. Was that the game? Was that the game at the end? Steve Smith was on the jumbotron. He was talking. Yeah, yeah he cash. Was, yeah, and it was it was all true. He's <laughs> like we we whooped. Yeah, Steve he, Smith. Yeah, yeah, he was being. Yeah, he was being Terrence Steve Smith. Newman. That's, that's it Steve was Smith. it was bad. Yeah, there, there there was a lot of stuff in that game that was that was bad. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got some more questions for these guys. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone wants something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Live music fans, head to the Star in Frisco on Tuesday, November 29th for a brand new monthly concert series, Sounds of the Star, featuring country rock band Western Rewind. 
The concert kicks off at 7 p.m. It's free and open to the public. For more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We're taking fan questions, and I have one here. It might take the rest of the show, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and throw it out now. Uh, the question comes from Zach Fowler, and he says, What gives you optimism that the Cowboys will go farther in the playoffs than they did last season? Remember, at this point last year, the records were exactly the same, 6-2. and two. You were coming off I'm pretty sure coming off the game against Denver last year so there was a lot of what was that but that all being said they were still six and two six and two now what gives you optimism things will be different this year Micah Parsons I think Micah Parsons is better this year than he was last year I think he's the best player in football I think I I really believe that I think offense or defense sure voice got a little high on that one (laughs) okay because that kind of surprised me but whatever yeah. Well, he can only play defense, even yeah. though well, last time he got the ball, hey, you know, he made it clear. Yeah, he could do anything. Need to give me a look. I, I think. I think. And and I've said this before about college or pro. I mean, if you have the best player on the field, especially at a position that could wreck games, that you're always going to be in, in a chance. I think that I have optimism that this defense is better. It's a little nastier defense. I think it's better. I think it's going to travel, and it, you know wherever. And I think that the offense. Uh, will have more playmakers um, than they do right now. I think I think they're coming on. They're going to figure out the Pollard situation. They're going to add somebody at some point. I think, and I, I think and I think they're just a better team. I think they're a better team than they were last year. And the schedule. Sorry, Pat. I mean, one more point. The I think if you look at the six and two, they hadn't played a lot of really good teams yet. And they beat some teams that we thought they were good. And then as it turns out, they're like, not really. When you face the, the good teams, they really weren't that good. I think this team's already beaten some pretty good teams. And, and they'll be tested some more. But I, I just think this team's a little better than they were last year. I think the, the defense, um, the defensive guys who set records last year are better this year. Michael Parsons is better. Trevon Diggs is better. better. That's a right? good point. Um, and then in between those, you have players that are now scratching toward that elite title. Donovan Wilson, he's clawing. He's trying to get there, right? Um, you got a healthy J. Ron Curse Now, hopefully that stays the case. Um, but you got Demarcus Lawrence playing out of his mind, right? You got rookies sam williams is stepping up playing well and the you know free agency addition dante fowler you know penalties notwithstanding he's playing well as well you go and get jonathan hankins and drop him right beside quentin bohanna to kind of help out damone clark is now in the in the mix upside is great so the defense as a whole i could go on and on they're better offensively guess what they just learned they learned they, they just show that they learned from the mistake of forcing ezekiel elliott to play through the pcl injury last season which is what led them to rest him against the Bears going into the bye week. So now you have a healthy Ezekiel Elliott in the back half of the season. You didn't have that in 2021. So that's another issue or another positive. We'll see what James Washington can become, but that goes to help is on the way, be it James Washington and or a free agency addition, um, like a guy who shall remain nameless, right? Um, But I say all that to say the chemistry is also coming back with – between Lamb and Dak, between Gallup and Dak. Gallup is rapidly approaching being Michael Gallup again, right? Uh, Noah Brown kind of took a step back past couple of weeks, but we've seen what he can do. I think he gets his chemistry with Dak. And so, and then you throw in special teams. Your guy, Brett Maher, right? You don't have a... Is he my guy? Well, based on the... 
Yeah. He's a special. Like, he's yeah, your favorite I'll special teams guy. Fine. Is what I mean. He's your favorite special teams guy. No, um, he's not my favorite special teams guy. My favorite special teams guy is the same as everybody in the stadium. Is Cavante Turpin? What? I love that guy. Special I love teams. watching him. Turpin. Maher, yeah. you don't have a concern about kicks anymore. Mm. And then you have guys like Dorrance Armstrong blocking kicks. So all three phases are really starting to come together for the Cowboys. Is it me? This is off off topic just a second. This is pro and college. Is there a lot more blocked punts than there used to be? I feel like every. I feel like mm. there's a lot of blocked punts. That's a question. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I can't figure out the number. I mean, you see more, you see highlights, but I don't know if that's a good indicator. I just feel like I feel like it happens. Maybe not once a game, but I mean, it's it's very close once or twice you know, a game. The Cowboys are getting back there, yeah, routinely. Even if it's not a block, it's like a it, fingernail away. Another point to that is I just don't feel. I know they did it once last year. I don't feel like the team was able to go four and one. In, against some pretty good teams last year without Dak. I don't think they were built that way. I think they needed right. Dak. I think this year that they showed that they, they can do that, they can win different ways. So it doesn't matter. If you lose in the first round, no one's going to care who's better or worse or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I, I still think the best team I've seen went 0-1 in the playoffs back in 2007. I think that's the best Cowboy team that I've covered. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And ultimately, I think Dan Quinn, from a coordinator standpoint, I think sure. he's he's uh-huh. wearing that Debo Samuel whooping from the playoffs. He's wearing that. And I think that going into the playoffs, he's going to do whatever he needs to do to make sure that whomever they play, you're going to have to beat the Cowboys in the air. And to do that, you got to beat the pass rush, and you got to beat that secondary, and good luck. I mean, if they if they can split these next two games, and, and one way or another, just split these two games – if if they do that and then take care of the business for the next four games that are sitting there, I mean, you're just sitting. You're probably just going to be sitting at the five seed. That's where you're going to be. I just I don't know. I have a hard time thinking they're going to beat the Eagles. Maybe the Giants can beat the Eagles and then you beat them and then that changes everything. But I'm just not even expecting that. I just think they're going to be a five seed and they're going to play a four. It, I, I'll tell you this. Here's the, the reason why I think I'm more optimistic about the Cowboys this year is because of looking around the NFL, I don't think it's a coincidence that some of the best quarterbacks that we've traditionally known in this league are having struggles this year. I think a lot of what's happening in the NFL is about the fact that defenses have just decided we are dropping seven, sometimes eight. You're going to have to throw into coverage. And we are going to do it until you force us to get out of it. What that means is and what that has translated into is – now the teams that are doing well in the NFL, teams that can run the ball and play good defense. Because the only way to get a team to get out of that seven-man drop is to just run the ball right down their throat and consistently be able to do it. That's why I think the Cowboys are in a great situation. I don't think the Cowboys' opponents are necessarily coming to the game thinking in order for us to win, we got to necessarily beat their pass rush. I think they're coming in saying we're not going to beat their pass rush, so we got to keep ourselves out of those situations and we got to run the ball well. Where the Cowboys have problems against teams who can run the ball. I think that is across the league. I think that is becoming more and more of the problem is you're going to have to be able to run the ball and play great defense. And by the way, that matches up for the Cowboys right now. That's exactly what they're doing well. They're running the ball. They're playing good defense. That is the reason why I have optimism. The only problem with that is there are a lot of other teams that are in that division, I mean in that conference, who are also playing great defense, who are also running the ball. You look at teams like Seattle and Philadelphia and and, uh, and New York, and I mean, you go down the list, San Francisco, and there are a number of teams that have figured out that formula, and it's not a coincidence that most of the teams in the league that are near the top 
have that formula. There's really only two or three that don't. Uh, and that those two, two of them, are main that don't run the ball particularly well, have the best quarterbacks in the league right now right. in Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. So that being said, either you better have a transcendent quarterback right. or you better be able to run the ball. And I think that's what makes the Cowboys uh, have, at least that's for me, gives me more optimism the Cowboys will be better this year. Everything's cyclical in the NFL. And now we're back to talking about defense and, and the run, rushing attack being the reason teams are winning games. Well, this smells like the 90s all over again, mm-hmm. now, doesn't it? So, yeah. And the NFC least has turned into the NFC beast. There if that go. ain't the 90s, it's, 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 I don't know like what else is. All, yeah. over again. all right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to jump into Cowboys versus Packers. We'll jump, in, jump into the Packers offense versus the Cowboys defense. Still in for Nick Eatman, Patrick Walker. I'm Derek Eagle. And this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?